listening to your podcast and going through the academy and stuff, all the things that I was doing was representing all the things that she wasn't doing. Yeah. It was a reminder to them that their mom wasn't there. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 130 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Good job. Thank you. (laughs) Before we get into anything else, I want to announce the winner of this week's Sylvia Krakauer Scholarship to the Nacho Kids Academy. I know who it is. Who? It's Molly P. You only know because I told you. That don't matter. <laughs> Congratulations, Molly P. Please check your email and we will get you started in the Nacho Kids Academy, courtesy of Sylvia Krakauer. So I know you use these people's, you know, last or first initial of their last name. What if their last name and the first initial are the same? Like that one, M-M, remember? No. Yeah, we had one that was M-M. No, I'm talking about like, for example, Molly P. The initial is P, but what if her last name was P? Like, I went to school with the person that was last name was Pete. I haven't ran into that issue, <laughs> David. So, this brings up... Then I would a, say M-P. Okay. Okay. But this brings up a topic oh. for step families. Oh, Lord. Because we see this sometimes. It's the, when do you consider something worth your time and energy putting effort into? And where we see this mostly is when... People start forecasting what's going to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. So, like for example, I just said, "What are you going to do when?" And your response was, "That hasn't happened yet." And basically, you're saying, "I'm not worried about it. If it happens, it will figure it out." Right. We see that happening in step families where they say, "Here's the hundred different things that can possibly happen. Let's come up with how we're going to address each one of them." Or even worse, Lori says, "Here's the hundred things that can happen with your kids and." You need to figure out what you're going to do with it when it happens, mm-hmm. which I think we went down that road. <laughs> it was not fun. <laughs> nah. So what would your advice be to families or, or persons who have a tendency to want to overthink things and pull out their crystal ball and see all the problems that could possibly happen that may not happen? Well, there's a difference between things that are more than likely going to happen versus things that, eh, they might happen. For instance, you may be worried that your stepkid is going to live in your home forever and never leave. You don't know that, so don't worry about that. I'm so worried about that. (laughs) Another topic would be, oh, when the stepkid starts driving and what all that entails. Well, that's something that probably is going to happen. So you could go ahead and have that discussion with your significant other of who's going to buy the car, who's going to pay the insurance, who's going to pay for gas, and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. But don't discuss this when the kid's two. (laughs) You should do it on the first date. (laughs) Yeah. On the first date, talk about when their kid is able to drive, their, you know, toddler is able to drive in 14, 15 years, how are they going to handle purchasing a car? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I know for you and I, we had a lot of, I wouldn't say issues around it. We were, we were in a good place by the time this started happening with the cars, but thank God. Yeah. Oh yeah. It would have caused World War III if not, because they were, they were driving. There was a constant, 
you know, fear that somebody's going to have an accident or get a speeding ticket, you know, it's going to make our insurance go up. And if our insurance goes up, then how are we going to handle that? Who's going to pay for it? What's the repercussions? Repercussions. I mean, yeah, those things too. And I mean, I, I was not in any, um, I didn't feel any different than you did, but it was my kids that were the ones driving. It, it was my kids that were the ones that could potentially do something that caused all the problems. So that in and of itself was stressful. Mm -hmm. Now my kids are gone. Your kids driving. How does that, do you see how I felt during any of this? Which I'm honestly, I don't put any of the same pressures on you. I think that you put on, on me, not, not that you were trying to put pressures on me. I think you were just afraid of what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, or, or for many reasons, you had a right to be afraid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there were four of them driving. Um, <laughs> one of which, you know, thought, thought wide open was the only way you could go. Mm -hmm. Uh, the other, I think he would, he would look at every squirrel that he passed. Maybe I don't, <laughs> so I was just as worried as you were. Mm -hmm. So what are you trying to get me to say, David? I'm not trying to get you to say anything other than to say, um, there were things that we had to negotiate that were different, but the same. Like mm -hmm. the same scenario, but there are different circumstances, and uh, we didn't do it early. In other words, we didn't we didn't jump out there and say, "Well, I know there are ten now, but in five or six more years they're going to be driving." We didn't go through any of that, thank goodness. Mm -hmm. But there were some things that you know, you've mentioned before about be careful the rules you make <laughs> when your kid is the second one coming through the ranks. Mm -hmm. because now you've got all these things that you put in place early on about your kid, this, your kid, that. And then all of a sudden when your biological kid gets to that age and all these same things you're being faced with, all of a sudden the rules seem to change. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember with your kids, we came to the decision and made them aware of it. If they got a speeding ticket and our insurance went up, they would pay the difference that our insurance went up for the amount of time that it went up. Mm -hmm. So if it went up $100 a year for three years, that's what they would pay. Thankfully, none of them got tickets that we were aware of. <laughs> One of no. them did have an accident. It didn't count against him. And so luckily, that's done. Whew. No, I can tell you what happened. In all the years that my kids were driving and we were afraid they were going to get a speeding ticket, guess who gets a speeding ticket? You. I got a speeding ticket. <laughs> That's because you speed a lot. No, I don't. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, yep. Mm -hmm. You did. I think you found a ticket and you're like, what's this? And I said, it's a speeding ticket. And you're like, how'd you get a speeding ticket? And I said, because I was speeding. Mm -mm. Anyway, <laughs> so now my child is driving. Mm -hmm. Am I worried that he's going to get a speeding ticket? Yeah. I am. But I'm not worried because we've already set these rules years ago about what will happen. Knock on wood. Knock, <laughs> knock, knock, knock. He has not received one. And according to Life 360, he seems to abide by the rules. It depends on what rules you're looking at. Mine. Terrifies, terrifies me. Let's not go down this subject, okay? <laughs> People don't want to hear this crap. <laughs> they got their own crap to deal with. They don't want to hear about this. So anyway... Yes. So if you're a step-parent and your step-kids are the wee little ages, don't worry about this crap. Yeah. If they're approaching the age where they're going to get their permit and start driving soon, yeah, you need to have a discussion, a calm discussion about how this is going to be handled. 
And if the stepkid is 18 and hasn't moved out, don't push it. Don't push it. Not saying you can't have a conversation with your significant other of, oh, you know, what's little Johnny's plans for the rest of his life or something like that. David, you could probably say something better. (laughs) Well, it just it reminds me uh, a little bit of a story I heard one time about this this girl who came home from college and she brings this like. Oh, you've said this one on here before. I know it just is so funny. But she brings like this nasty guy home with her and she tells her parents how she got pregnant with this guy while she's off in college and she hadn't been attending any classes. And um, and so she's got all these failing grades and she's going to lose her scholarships. And she goes down this whole long path of everything. And her parents, you can just see their like dread and they're distraught on, all over their face. And then she just sits there for a minute and then she says... Actually, none of that happened, but I did get a speeding ticket. <laughs> and so by by setting them up with all these bad things, they were like, oh, a speeding ticket. That's great. <laughs> I would much rather have a speeding ticket. Yeah. So that's called putting things into perspective. Mm-hmm. It is. But, you know, I mean, the thing about driving, I don't know why we're harping necessarily on driving. Maybe I don't know. You're scaring me. Maybe somebody needs to hear it, but... One of the things that really crossed my mind a lot when my kids were driving was I just want them home safe. Yeah. You know, I don't want them to get a speeding ticket. Don't get me wrong, but I just want them to return home safely. Mm-hmm. Remember that time that uh, something happened with Ethan? I can't remember what it was. And you told him, yeah, it would be best if you didn't drive right now. <laughs> and the next thing you know, here he comes driving in the driveway and we're like, what the crap? He said, well, you didn't say I couldn't. Yeah, that was a lesson learned with him. You have to be very specific with that youngin. Yep. Yeah. So if you got one of those types of kids, you know, they're standing on the edge of a cliff and you go, you know what? It's probably not a good idea to jump. He might jump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you said it probably wasn't a good idea. You didn't say it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. You didn't say not do it. Yeah. Dad. <laughs> yep. He's a mess. Okay. Are you through talking about driving and all that good stuff? Yep. I am. I helped somebody. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> All right, so who do you got today for our interview? Well, this week and next week are going to be very special episodes. Today, we have a lady, Paula. Next week, we have her husband, Robert. Oh. Yeah. Couldn't put them in the same room, huh? No, I just thought it would be good to do two separate ones. Oh, okay. Yeah. You'll see how shocked I am when I start recording with Paula about this, and you'll see how shocked I am when her husband tells me the same thing. She has 10 stepkids. Mm. Yeah. Nine are boys. Mm. Mm-hmm. And she has no kids. You got to be kidding me. No, I'm so not. So she married a guy with 10 kids. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, 10, y'all. No, granted, mm-hmm. a few of them were out of the house when they started dating, but still, 10 kids. Mm-hmm. Can't imagine. Mm-hmm. That was enough to astonish me for the first 15 minutes of the interview. I ain't lying. Talking mm-hmm. about being fruitful and multiplying. Yeah. Two different bio moms. I thought there'd be like 10 different bio moms. <laughs> 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 the first one, her husband had three kids with, and the second one, he had seven. I'm just, I'm speechless. I know. I was too. I'm like, if I had three already, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, none of, the, none of them are multiples? No. Ages are 39, 35, 33, 26, 25, 22, 20, 19, 16, 14. Jeez Louise, you have to start over every time. 
Mm-hmm. More power to you, brother. I couldn't do it. Even with the same woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the only girl is the next to the oldest. But she's mean and tough. Yeah, you know she's tough. Well, what's funny is halfway through the podcast or partway through the podcast, you'll hear me just sit there and I'm like, it hits me all again. Ten. You had no kids and married somebody with ten. You know how many people had to be telling her she was crazy? They're probably still telling her she's crazy. Mm-hmm. She was thinking about all those uh, stepmom day gifts she's going to be getting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they have no contact with their other bio parent. Wow. So I can't wait to listen to this interview. <laughs> I can't wait to listen to this interview. I got to hear how all this came about. All right. So get to listening. All right. Well, here we go. First, we're going to hear a word about the Nacho Kids Academy. And then we'll hear about crazy people. <laughs> David, she's not crazy. <laughs> she's crazy in love. Mm-hmm. Woo. Okay. Here we go. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit nachokidsacademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's nachokidsacademy.com. Today, we have stepmom Paula. Hey, Paula, how are you? Hi, Lori. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being a guest. Yay. So how long have you been blending? Um, We have been blending about eight years. All right. Is that married years? No, we just got married three years ago, but I moved in with him about eight years ago. Okay. So I'm curious, how did y'all meet? Haha, so funny story. We actually went to the gym together and we both did amateur bodybuilding competitions and we kept going to the same ones and we had some mutual friends. And my husband apparently really liked me and I was with somebody else at the time, but he was determined to woo me. (laughs) So did he woo you away from your person at that time? Things kind of ended there. And then my husband and I were friends and I was actually um, babysitting his kids, not super frequently, but more frequently than anybody else in his life. And so he wanted to um, be together even more when I was interacting with the kids and, you know, them kind of having a relationship with me. He thought that was really wonderful. Oh, yeah. So how many kids do you have? I have zero biological children. Okay. And how many kids does he have? My husband has 10 biological children. 10? 10. One zero. <laughs> like the number after nine and before 11? Yes. And nine of them are boys. Holy moly. Right. And what are the age ranges? So I'm actually pretty significantly younger than my husband. So the oldest son is roughly nine months younger than I am. So he's 39. He'll actually be 40 in September this month. Oh my goodness. And then the youngest, (laughs) right? We don't see him very often. The youngest is 14. And um, I met him when he was five. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So here is the question that I have. Do they all have the same bio mom? That is a really good question. No, they don't. The first 
three are with his first wife. And then the last seven boys are with his second wife. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. I was really expecting you to tell me there were four or five bio moms. (laughs) Nope. Just two, three, and then seven. That is a lot of kids. Yes, it is. Is he Catholic? (laughs) (laughs) I think everybody asks him that and he says yes I think he got your email that he can sign up for your podcast you'll have to ask him that question about why are there 10 kids I don't think there's a good reason for it because God (laughs) wanted there to be 10 kids (laughs) I guess maybe because Robert wanted there to be 10 kids yes so did that not freak you out when y'all started dating I mean, I know you had already been babysitting the kids and stuff a little bit, but there's a difference in babysitting kids and, oh, let me join your life. Exactly. So the youngest four kids adored me as the babysitter. Like we're talking about like they would come over to my house and they would spend the night and they could sleep on the air mattress and they thought it was the greatest thing on earth. And one of them would rub my feet and the other one would rub my hands and the other one would play with my hair. Like these kids were so hungry for attention from a female because their mom is she that's like a whole podcast in itself but she at that time was very irregular with seeing them and at this time we're recording this never sees them so when they were little they just glommed on to me and I thought it was wonderful and they thought it was wonderful and Robert thought it was wonderful so it was just this big like fun thing that we were doing and then when I moved in the young those four younger kids they didn't you know, they didn't mind. I'm going to say they loved it. The three older ones, we had a lot of problems with, but they subsequently moved out pretty quickly after we moved in because the oldest of the seven was 19 when I moved in with him. Okay. So when you say the older three, you don't mean the 39, 35 and 33 year old. Correct. The older three of the seven. So the oldest three were way out of the house before. And I have a completely different relationship with them because they have a great mother and she does great mother things. And I just happen to be a great second person in their life that loves their dad. Isn't that so good? Yes. It's wonderful. So when you and Robert started seeing each other seriously. hmm There were seven kids in the house? Yes. When I moved in with him, there were nine of us in his house and two adults and seven kids. Wow. Yeah. You went from a quiet little home to a zoo. (laughs) By myself. (laughs) Yes. Wow. And then the oldest three eventually moved out. Well, probably fairly quickly, right? Yeah, they did. Without getting into too much detail, one was actually kind of bad and he was actually removed from the home. The other one moved out into the service after not too long. And then we actually moved when the one of them was finishing high school. We decided, um, it sounds really mean, but we decided for the four who are going to continue living with us, that we would get them started in school at the end of the year so they could make friends and stuff rather than staying for the one kid who was graduating, which in hindsight maybe wasn't the best for him, but for the other four was really good. Like they weren't apprehensive about the next school year. 
Right. So he moved out with friends and finished like the last month and a half of his junior year where we used to live, which is only a half hour away. Okay. So it's not like you moved 15 states away. No, no, no. Just like two towns over. Okay. I know you love these kids right off the bat because, I mean, who could not love kids that rub their feet and their hands and played with their hair? Right. But how did you adjust from living by yourself? You leave and go somewhere. The house is exactly like you left it to living with all these people. So, you know, at first it wasn't horrible. And I think if we had stayed in his house, it would have continued not to be horrible because it wasn't my house. It wasn't all my furniture. It wasn't something that I owned. It was something we rented. And it was just kind of, um, you know, like I moved in with them. So yeah, there were some things, but then there were other things where it like, just didn't matter. So we had our own bedroom the gym was really close. We could take showers at the gym because there was only one shower for nine people. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but it never really bothered me when we were living in that house. But then once we purchased a house, and I say we as in just in my name, mm-hmm. that's when it kind of hit the fan. All right. Let's talk about that for a minute. But before we do, I want to ask, well... Do you think it would have made a difference in how you looked at things if you, both of your names were on the house? Potentially. At this point in time, we have recently refinanced it and put both our names on the house. But without getting you know too many details into my husband's past, I really very meticulous and live my life by the book and you know he wasn't able and financially able to purchase a house that many years ago but since being in our partnership I've gotten things a lot more stable for Mm -hmm. him so that that is a possibility for him and so yes now that both our names are in the house it is a tiny bit different but I don't love this house like I used to love my house right but it's still very hard. And yes, I think you could be right. It may have been different if it was in both our names from the beginning. Yeah, because we often see where, and you see it in the Facebook group, I'm sure, my house, my rules. Right. And it drives me crazy because, and it may drive me crazy because of mine and David's situation. I moved into the house that he had with the ex. Right. And I think after 12 years, I'm finally starting to feel like it's my house. But when I hear my house, my rules, my first response is, does your significant other not live with you? Because I just feel like that when somebody says that, it completely dismisses the other adult in the relationship. So I'll I'll tell you the, the backstory on that part. So when my husband met me, I was working as a behavior therapist for children, mostly children with autism. So I thought I knew a lot, a lot, a lot of things about kids and behavior and rules. And, you know, I went to school every day with the kids that I worked with. I went to their homes. I, you know, was trained to do that. And so when I moved in with him, he basically was like, okay, now you're the mom. You get to make all the rules. You get to do all the discipline. You get to do anything you want to do. I just give you carte blanche. Mm -hmm. And 
I didn't know at the time that he is the biggest people pleaser in the entire world. And he didn't really actually want me to do those things. He was just one really tired of doing things by himself and two wanted to make me happy so that anything I wanted to do with the kids, he said, yes. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning for a lot of years, it was my house, my rules. Right. And so did you discipline the kids? Oh, I everything the kids. (laughs) When we moved to this new school district, we listed me as their mom because their mom is so like she's awful. If she would get involved, it just would be terrible. Mm-hmm. So y'all move into the new house mm-hmm. by a mom, not really present at the time. Yes. So you became by a mom. Yes. And my husband was very happy with that. What about the kids? So for a time they were very happy with that. And then, you know, they grow and they develop and, Around that time is the time that their mom completely phased out because, you know, I said to my husband, listen, if she's not going to come when she says she's going to come, tell her not to come. So she just decided not to come Mm -hmm. because she comes like 10 hours late, a day late. She shows up with no shoes with some strange guy and piles the kids in the car and keeps them out late. And just it's a bad situation, you know, for kids when there are seven of them and they're not. They're told, you know, I'm going to come for lunch. And she arrives at like eight o'clock at night. Yeah. And then once they understood their mom, their real mom wasn't doing anything and had no relationship with them, they, one, blamed me. And then two, kind of, um, you know, I'll hurt you before you hurt me type of thing, because they just had that really traumatic past with their mom. When the youngest was six months old, she just left. Wow. Yeah. He was even still breastfeeding and she just disappeared. Oh my gosh. Yep. And a lot of people I know like myself are thinking, how can you leave your kids? She is not a mentally stable person. Um, And I think she used my being there just kind of like a crutch to say, forget you all. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they can blame it on me. She can blame it on me. And then she's never the bad guy, even though she never sees them or calls them or talks to them. At all. Zero. So how long has it been since they've had any contact with her? So they have their own phones and sometimes they do try to reach out for her for with her. I'm going to guess maybe a year, two years. She hasn't actually physically seen them since my granddaughter's baby shower. And my granddaughter is going to be four in November. Wow. Yeah. Are the kids in therapy or anything? So I've asked my husband a hundred times over to put them in therapy. And when COVID started, he was finally off work enough to be able to take them. He's, I don't want to say a workaholic, but he works really hard. He's a very, very hardworking man. And he wants to provide for his family and he doesn't ever want to do much more than that. And so I have really pushed him saying, you know, like, I can't live with these kids that hate me. And it's not even me that they hate. It's their mom, but I just happen to be here. So he did take them to therapy for a little bit, but they have opted out of going. They're 14 and um, 16 and 19 and about to be 21. Yeah. You can't very well make them at that age. Yeah. 
so they were going, they had a little bit of therapy. It would have been great if they had had it when they were little and, you know, more receptive to it. Yeah. So you come in, you're playing by a mom. Mm-hmm. Things are going well. Mm-hmm. Did something change? So we moved into the new house and with my job, I had a very demanding job at that time. I changed professions and I was working like 60, maybe 70 hours a week sometimes. So we had a babysitter and they got a little bit more distance from me and they glommed onto the babysitter just like they had glommed onto me. And then they decided they were too old to have a babysitter and they were really mean to her and they made her quit. And she was wonderful, Lori. Like if you could dream up the best babysitter in the entire world, it would be her. She worked at the high school. She took them to every sporting event. She drove them anywhere they wanted to go. She took them out to eat. Like she did more stuff for them than we did as parents. Mm -hmm. But they just decided they'd had enough. And then she quit. And then they decided that the next target should be me. Because, you know, if you get rid of her before she hurts you, then she can't hurt you. Right. They just have, you know, this relationship with females that it's, very tenuous now that they're older. Mm -hmm. Did you get to a point that you stopped playing mom to them? Yeah, it slowly deteriorated over time. And the real head was my mother got really sick and she had dementia for four years and the last two were really bad. And I was sometimes um, going to take care of her. She lives two hours away. And so I was away a lot and, you know, the kids were here and I was there. And if I was here, I was upset. And it kind of just deteriorated from there mm-hmm. because I was upset all the time. I didn't want to put up with their BS. They were used to me not being around. And we sat one of them down and we're talking about something. And this was like my breaking point. And I said, you know, I'm really sorry. I haven't done these things or been around or whatever I said. And I said, you know, my mom is dying. And he looks at me and he goes, I don't care. My mom is not ever around. And I was like, okay, is that how it's going to be? Then I'm going to be done with y'all. So I did nacho before I even knew what it was. I was like, I'm just, I'm out. You know, that that was said because they were hurting. Absolutely. Absolutely. But at the time, you know, I was incredibly hurting Uh, My mom was my very most best friend and the most awesome person in the world. And the reason it hurt so much is she treated them like her own grandkids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it is hard. And even though we understand that hurt people hurt people. It's hard. Yeah, it is. Especially when you're right in the middle of that pain. Exactly. I remember after my mom died. One of the stepkids, I guess about a month later, something had happened and I was thinking about it and I just started crying. And he's like, are you ever going to quit crying over your mom? And I'm like, probably not. And so, you know, David knew that that hurt. And he took and talked to the child and said, a pain like that is something that you never get over. Yeah. And he said, granted, it'll get better over time but it'll never go away. Yeah. And I'm sure the kids feel very abandoned by their mom. And from 
listening to your podcast and going through the academy and stuff, all the things that I was doing was representing all the things that she wasn't doing. Yeah. It was a reminder to them that their mom wasn't there. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't know all of these things in that moment. Otherwise, you know, I could have addressed things in a different way if I had known, but I, I really thought that I was a substitution for her. Like it was an okay substitution. Right. So how did your relationship with them change? Well, so I'm still in the mostly not engaging with them mostly, which they seem to really like. They aren't angry with me all the time. I'm not angry with them all the time. I don't have a lot of interaction with them just because shortly after that one child said that one thing, the now 19 year old, he was like, I don't know, 17, 18, sat me down and dad for like two hours and told me all the things I have done, all my crimes for the past two years. Some things like if I will go to the one kid's soccer game, it made him upset when I left to go back to work because he didn't know where I was going. Wow. Like, what am I going to do? Run down onto the field and say, I have to get back to work. Right. And so I just kind of have separated. There was another thing that happened with the youngest kid. And this is when it was, I was just like, this is not my responsibility. He, um, his eye got hurt and he had to go 45 minutes to the doctor every day to have it looked at. So either my husband and I were taking him every day and, you know, paying the $40 copay every day making sure his eye wasn't going to have to be cut out because it was like bleeding missed like weeks of school and was supposed to be really careful. Something had hit his eye and it made it bleed on the inside. Oh gosh. Yeah. And so my husband thought it was appropriate for him to come out to some after school activity. Like it was like a banquet for one of the kids He thought it was appropriate to take him to that, even though he wasn't allowed to go to school and wasn't really allowed to like move, like really he was not supposed to move. And he didn't wear the goggles that he was supposed to wear, like, you know, like fake glasses. They didn't even look like goggles. And my husband thought that that was okay. And I said to this kid, I said, you either have to sit here on the bench, not wearing your goggles, or you have to have your dad take you home to get them. Because if you get hit in the eye, like, you could lose your eye. Right. So he wrote this really derogatory message with bad words, calling me bad words to his brother. And I saw it. And I said to my husband, I'm not taking somebody to the doctor who's one, not going to listen to the doctor. And then two, going to call me bad names behind my back after all I'm doing is enforcing what the doctor said to do. Right. I mean, you're doing it for the child's benefit. Right. So I said, I'm done. Don't ask me to take him to the doctor anymore. And what did your husband say? He since then has taken all the kids to all their doctor's appointments, done all the school conferences, everything by himself, because I'm not going to do stuff for people that don't want me there. Yeah, that are ungrateful and badmouth you. Yeah. So since that, that was a while ago, since that, you know, things have been okay since I started not doing and I didn't even know what it was I'm so glad I found the podcast because 
it showed me that what I was doing wasn't bad. It was actually maybe good for the kids that Mm -hmm. I don't have to be their mom. I don't have to be really anything in their life. If I don't want to be, I really just have to be their dad's wife. Right. So your husband didn't take that as you didn't care about his kids or you didn't love his kids or in a negative way. He just said, okay, and started taking care of the responsibilities. Well, I would love to hear him answer that question. (laughs) Make sure you ask him that. Okay. I'm going to have to make a note. (laughs) I think it kind of evolved. Like he was tired of pretending that he wanted me to do everything and everything I said was right because he wanted in on the action. He also had gotten a really great break from me and the babysitter of taking care of these kids 24 seven. So I think he was ready to step in and do more stuff. And he also, you know, I've heard podcasts and on the academy like he doesn't want to always be the referee always be in the middle I always I feel for David when he's like these the kids say this and Lori says this and my family says this and I'm in the middle of everybody Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's how he was feeling yeah now what about you since you were so involved and Mm -hmm. you stepped back Mm -hmm. did you start feeling alone and like you didn't know what your purpose was. So yes and no. I'm a person who always just kind of does her own thing regardless. So I do, I do a lot of camping. I go camping almost every weekend. A lot of times my husband will join me. He likes that too. He was more of a backpacker when we met. Mm-hmm. We've taken the kids like twice. They just don't like it. Maybe because I like it so much. So I have kind of like a separate life outside of this house because let's face it they don't leave if somebody is leaving it's gonna have to be me right (laughs) so I have a lot of space and he is very understanding and he like I said he'll join me um he works on Saturdays but he joins me almost every Sunday and we have a lot of fun and he also likes to get away now that the kids are older you know, you can leave the 16 and the 14 year old for one overnight and you're, you know, half an hour away. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how we handle that. So if you went back and talked to yourself eight years ago and things were great at the time, you know, it was like spa day when you had the kids. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly wouldn't have believed I am where I am now. I, I couldn't have believed that the kids would turn on me like that, or maybe they think I turned on them like that. I really do miss having a relationship with them because we were very close when they were smaller, like very, very close mm-hmm. to the point where we were hugging and kissing and saying, I love you to each other every time we saw each other. And so if you would have heard about Nacho Kids back yes. then, you would have been like, that is the craziest crap I've ever heard of. Yes, basically. Well, yes and no. So I also had the three teenagers to contend with, and maybe it would have taught me how to butt out with them because we had it pretty hard with them. Mm -hmm. What was so hard with them? Well, the oldest, so the oldest, actually, this is a funny story. When I was just friends with Robert and we were doing bodybuilding, the oldest actually did like the teen competition and he was 
doing a bodybuilding show too. And I let him come live with me for a month so we could, you know, get his diet and his training. And he actually was from the time he was 12 until the time he, well, until the time I moved in, he was like mom, right? Like Mm -hmm. second in charge, always with the kids. He was always babysitter. Like there was never a babysitter. Well, that's not true. There was never a babysitter after the youngest went to kindergarten. So he actually stayed with me for a month. But then when I moved into his house, it was like I was the enemy. But he, it, there were so many people and so many bodies and so much going on that it didn't, it wasn't like it is now where there's just two teenagers and sometimes four teenagers that all ignore me. Mm-hmm. It was just, you know, one or two out of seven. <laughs> but how did that make you feel when they ignored you? I mean, I guess I would have rather he ignored me than struck out at me or been mean to me. You know what I mean? Like lashed out. Yeah. I know um, I'll see it in the groups or even in the academy where they'll say, the stepkid just ignores me. I'm like, that's a blessing. Yes. And granted, they'll say, well, they walk by and don't even say hey to me. Okay. That's all right. At least they're not walking by you calling you the B word under their breath. Yeah, or trying to kick you or something. Yeah. And granted, if you speak to them and they don't respond and they ignore you, then don't do it again. Right. Yeah, for sure. Don't set yourself up for being hurt by them ignoring you. Yep. And they don't always do it because they hate you or don't like you. Kids are just weird. They are. And, you know, I never had any of my own, so I don't have a baseline for any of these things. And... Speaking of, I don't have my own, this will be a little tangent, but this was a huge debate between me and my husband. He is a hundred percent in the boat, maybe not so much anymore, but you know, at least until I introduced him to your podcast that I should love his kids exactly how he loves them. Mm -hmm. And I kept trying to tell him for many years, you know, when they started more and more started transitioning into teenagers I said that's just not a thing and he was like yes it's a thing and you need to do it and I would keep telling him but I can't like I don't I didn't know them before they were born like you is a different kind of love you can come into their life and see them and be with them but you don't start loving them before they're even born right and I'm actually glad that you realize that even though you're childless, because a lot of childless stepmoms will say, oh, I love them like my own. Well, this wasn't from the beginning, Lori, but it was once they started turning into these teenagers. I don't know what happens when kids turn into teenagers. Maybe you need to have an expert come in and like (laughs) we should have a boot camp on just teenagers and the transition between these sweet little humans and then these pimply faced, angry, testosterone fueled, whatever they are. I don't know. Hey, that's where the pimples come from, all the evil inside. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) And then they have these hairdos. I don't know what Jackson's hair looks like, but they have to have, like, all this curly hair, like, right in their face, in their forehead. And then they're like, Dad, I can't get rid of my acne. And he's like, "Um, get your hair cut, son. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That oil from your hair is not good for your skin. And they love to put product in their hair. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jackson won't. He's not very high maintenance, we'll say. <laughs> okay. Well, you're lucky then. Don't tell anybody. 
don't tell anybody, but our youngest actually gets a perm. Really? Oh, yes. So he can have that curly mop of hair right in his forehead, all the way down to his eyeball. (laughs) Now, do you want me to take that out of the podcast? No, (laughs) just don't say his name. Don't say my last name. Oh, I won't say your last name. (laughs) (laughs) It's Robert's kid. It's not your kid. (laughs) Right. Well, for all the time that I've um, been with Robert, I have called them my kids. And when I used to work at my other job, I never told anybody other than my coworkers that they were not my kids. Right. Because I worked in car sales and like, you don't need to explain your step family dynamic to somebody you're only going to see for a few hours in their entire life. You know, a lot of people struggle with that because they feel like they're being dishonest if they don't share all the details. And I remember we were... Actually, it's when we did the cruise and we were in the uh, Bahamas somewhere. Mm-hmm. And this lady said, oh, they all your kids? And I just looked at her and I was thinking to myself, no. And then I'm thinking, I don't really want to get in this conversation right now. Right. And um, I just smiled. I didn't even respond. Of course, my dad tells everybody I have five kids. And when they see me, they're like, you look good to have had five kids. Oh, that was like the biggest compliment I ever got. Because I would have pictures and stuff of the stuff above the kids. And oh, are these all your kids? Oh, my gosh. My favorite was, oh, he looks just like you. And I would say, oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I'm wondering where in the world you found how big that picture is or where you found a photographer that could get all those kids in one picture. Um, I think it was just the youngest four at that point in time. So what did y'all drive? That's a good question. So I sold Honda, which from all of your things you talk about your car, I'm going to guess that your car is a Honda. It is. I love my car. (laughs) Uh, We had an Odyssey. Before we got the Odyssey, my husband had another minivan. Um, And at one point in time, he had like a really big Suburban when they were little. Wow. Oh, you want me to tell you a fun story about that? Yeah. So his kids are like Lord of the Flies. Like basically once their mom left, anything goes. When Noah, we can say that he's old enough, was, I don't know, I'm going to guess like three or four, maybe 10. I don't know. He was pretty young. (laughs) Three or four, maybe 10. That is Now now that I'm thinking of the story, I don't know if a three or four year old could pull this off. (laughs) Got in the garage got some either hammer or sledgehammer. You'll have to ask my husband to corroborate this story and took it up on top of the suburban and smashed the windshield from the top on top of the car. And that was just like Wednesday, you know, normal things that happen. Oh yeah. He could tell you some stories. My husband's a very good storyteller. You'll have to get him to tell you some stories about the boys. Yes. I will definitely have to get him to tell those stories. I remember my sister, and I think I've shared this story before. My dad had a truck that had a camper on the back, and oh. it was sitting in front of the house. And in the flower bed, we had, I guess you call them river rocks, but they're fairly big rocks, but they're smooth. Yeah. I mean, well, I guess they range in size. Some are bigger than others, of course. Mm-hmm. And my sister got mad at me, and she threw the rock at me, and Uh-oh. I ducked. And it skint the top of my head and shattered the glass. Oh, no. On the car or the camper? On the camper. 
Oh, I would have been so mad. Oh, my dad was so mad. And he went to fuss at her and he said, she said, it's not my fault. She moved. (laughs) Oh, Lord, that's funny. Yeah. So it was my fault that the glass got broken because I didn't let it hit me in the head. Oh, my goodness. I bet you do have some good stories with all those boys because I know we've got some good stories with the ones we've got. Oh, my husband will tell you stories all day long about those kids. They just, one time they lit the tractor on fire, not the tractor, the lawnmower on fire because it wouldn't work. Another time he came home from work and they were shooting bow and arrow in the basement and running around. And there were like two and three year olds just running around in the target area. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought you were going to say they were playing cowboys and Indians and trying to shoot each other. Uh, no, this was like a real, it wasn't like a, just a target arrow. It was a real arrow. Oh, wow. Real bow. Yeah. Yeah. He's lucky. He still got all those kids. Mm-hmm. He said every Sunday it was a trip to the emergency room. So he learned how to glue skin back together with super glue so that he wouldn't have to go get stitches every weekend. <laughs> David laughs or me and David joke because Ethan, I think he knocked himself out three different times. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was like, that was normal for him. You know, the first time we were worried, the second time we weren't that scared, but Ethan that time, his sight didn't come back for a few minutes and he was freaking (sighs) out. So, you know, thinking about all these stories and David actually had like a surgical staple gun. Love it. And he would joke and say that if the kids ever need stitches, we could just do it at home. Yep, basically. You know, now that I think about it, I don't think those kids ever had to have stitches. That's amazing. That is amazing. That's a lot of kids. I'm still in shock over the number right. of kids. Right. Well, I do have to tell you, because every time you talk about having grandkids and step grandkids. We have a granddaughter and she is absolutely wonderful. She's the oldest of the seven boys daughter and she's going to be four. Um, She was born right around Thanksgiving. I think she was born the day after Thanksgiving three or four years ago now. And she is a dream. She does not know I'm her step grandmother. She calls me Grammy. She thinks that I am her best friend and she is just a lovely little human being. So when you get one, isn't one of your stepsons? Yeah, the oldest. She's actually due November the 12th. Oh, that's so exciting. It's just wonderful. I hope you get the title of grandma or whatever, Mima, whatever you like, because old lady with a ham sandwich is just not good enough. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. By the time this airs, hopefully little baby will be here. Oh, yeah. I saw, I bought way too much stuff, but I was going through Facebook and there was a sale at JCPenney, Mm -hmm. like an awesome clearance sale on baby stuff, plus another 40% off. So you can get Levi onesies for two bucks. And my niece is actually pregnant too. Oh, wow. She's due in March. And so I just sent both of them the link. And my niece messaged me and she said, how much did you spend? I said, nothing. I sent y'all the links. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. No, it's super fun to have a grandchild. They don't know. And I have to really give her mom credit for that. Her mom came from two blended families 
And she really, she came to us and she said, listen, I want to include you. I know that you're just a stepmom, but you will be her grandma. And what do you want to be called? And so when she comes over here, it's Pappy and Grammy's house. And my husband, this is another thing I started doing, not doing. We used to do the big family vacation and everybody had to go. The last couple of years, I just let my husband go. So he took the kids down to the beach this year. And the granddaughter came and she walks in the room and she goes, okay, where's my Grammy? Oh, (laughs) but I was not doing, so I didn't go. (laughs) Well, but you were not showing for your own sanity. (laughs) That's right. Mm -hmm. And the kids don't ask you why you don't go. Oh, I think they preferred having their dad to themselves, honestly. And that's okay. Yeah, for sure. And too many times the step-parents get their feelings hurt, but it's very important for the step-kids to have that alone time with their bio-parent. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. These kids are very starved for attention. I mean, for one, if you have 10 kids, how much attention can you really give to each kid? But then for seven, if there's really only one parent involved, that's really not a lot of attention if you think about it. It's not at all. And I know... With David and I, we would say, you need to spend a long time with each kid. Well, there's only so many days in a week. Right. So if he went out to eat with one of them each night, that means the other ones would only see him three days. Right. Or he would only be here for supper three days. It just, and we tried, but we never could just get that to work. But it is hard to try to split yourself between all those kids. Yeah. It's incredibly hard. And then to look at those kids get so attached to really any female figure, Mm -hmm. it's sad. Yeah. Do they ever talk to you about their mom? No, they don't really ever talk to me about anything anymore. But when they were little, I don't know if they, it was just normal by the time I got into the picture that she wasn't really around. Now, of course, when... We moved into the new houses when she really started not coming. And when I say she would come, she would come like maybe on a good day once a month, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, they kind of in their head think, oh, well, you know, Paul is here and mom's not here. So did Paula make mom go away? And they come to these conclusions. And I really think that the oldest of the last four, and this is just my opinion, was coaching them and saying stuff like that to the younger kids, which turned them sour to me more quickly than just turning into a teenager. And you know what? The older ones, they saw that when you came in the picture, mom backed off. Yes, for sure. So they're going to relate the two. Yeah. It's like two and two together, but their dad is very closed about his relationship with her and the things that she does and doesn't do for instance he never once has told them that she doesn't pay child support and hasn't for nine years wow yeah not a penny is there a court order yes um so my husband went to court. You'll love this. And he wanted to keep all the kids together. And he said, you know, I want custody of all seven of these kids. And she was like, well, I just want custody of two. Yeah. 
and she picked the two she wanted. And the judge was actually contemplating letting her have just two kids out of the seven. And she, the judge found out that she was lying about something or other and granted my husband full custody with supervised visitation for her. And she had to pay child support and she did sometimes pay child support, but then she went to jail and she went to jail again. And then the state of Pennsylvania said, oh, well, we can't seem to find her and she's not legally working anywhere. Can you give us her address? And we're like, we don't know where she is. You know, you, we have this court order. And they're like, okay, well, if you can't find her within 30 days, we're going to close your case. You're not going to get the approximately $30,000 she currently owes you, nor will you ever get any child support from her ever again. And this is when the youngest was seven. So they were saying it was up to you to find her? Yeah. If we couldn't find her, they were, they just were, they're tired. They didn't say we're tired of putting her in jail, but they said, we're, clo- we're going to close the case if you can't tell us where she is. Not let child support continue to increase in arrears. Nope. Oh, she was forgiven all the arrears and all the future payments. You are kidding me. I wish that I was. Y'all, everybody listening to this, the family court system sucks. They sure do. And get this, Lori. So one of the reasons that we didn't get married right away was because the younger four really were talking about wanting to go to college And we didn't want to mess it up for college stuff because they, you know, don't have mom in the picture. I was making a lot of money at the time. So we just didn't get married. We did end up getting married when I quit my really high paying job to do something that was much less uh, money. And so at that time, we weren't married for, I think it was 2017. And they wanted the 2017 taxes For both of us, when we were not married, when this kid went off to college, but they didn't need anything from the mom because we had like a letter from something saying she wasn't in the picture, but they wanted my information from a year that I made four times as much money as I did the the actual year we got married. So they wanted the back taxes from a year we weren't married and the kid was not in college. Like, it was a mess. Wow. Now, I have seen where when you go to fill out these things for financial aid or whatever, that they ask for the questions of the home. Yes. And I've seen a lot of people say, well, I'm just not going to include mine. Well, I said that. Yeah. And you have to be careful because if you don't and they find out later, if it was a grant, you could lose that grant and have to pay it back. Oh, they wouldn't even let him finish his application without my information. I called the school and I said, I was not married to this person at this time. Why do you want my taxes? And they were like, well, did you live with him? I was like, yes. Well, how did they know? You know, I maybe the kid put it on something or other. I don't, I honestly don't know, but Uh, It's not like we were filing joint taxes. It's not like they looked at his taxes and were like, oh, who's this other person? Right. It could have been as simple as you being an emergency contact on something. Yes, could have been. Probably he put it on something that I was living there because like you said, you're supposed to disclose everybody that lives in the house. Right. And I'm not saying that people should be shady and lie, 
I am saying that it's a bunch of crap that the stepmom's income has to be included or the step parent, let me say, that their income has to be included because, you know, you are not legally responsible for those kids. You you can't even take them to the flipping doctor without a note from the bio parent. Correct. Yeah. So why should I have to be financially responsible for them? And the thing I asked my husband, and this is what I don't understand about colleges. So what if their mom was in the picture and she was also married? Like now there's four incomes. It would be the home that they spend the most time in. Gotcha. And of course, with the family court system, it's based off nights. So they could spend every single day at your house from seven o'clock in the morning to mm-hmm. nine o'clock at night and spend every night at bio moms mm-hmm. and it would fall on her because uh, they consider that as what designates a day. That's crazy. It I is. don't understand these things. I really don't understand them. Well, we went through this thing. I can, I guess, finally talk about it. We went through this thing with Jackson's dad and he decided that he wanted to have child support recalculated when the opportunity arose because I had to take him to court for something else. Mm-hmm. And I tried to tell him that it's going to go up. You should just leave it alone. Didn't listen. Being really nice. Well, you know, <laughs> I was just trying to keep the attorney's fees down and don't rock the boat kind of thing. Long story short, he pushed to have David's taxes. And I said, no, I had sent him a copy of everything related to me. Right. And I mean, it was this big push. And I think he either thought I was lying about me working and he wanted to know David's income. None. I mean, I wasn't lying, number one, but number two, David's income has nothing to do with Jackson. Yeah. Right. Then he wanted proof of who was paying for Jackson's health care insurance. Well, it's not you, sunshine. Why are you worried about it? <laughs> Long story short, I was like, I'm, I'm not giving them David's. And David said, I refuse. I can downright refuse. Luckily, we have an accountant that does our taxes and has since we got married. And I contacted him. I'm like, can you write a letter stating from such and such date to such and such date, I was employed with such and such with this was my, you know, the tax return thing, whatever. And he said, yes. And that finally got them to shut up. Wow. But it was the court court is so messed up. You'd think they would get with it. And I think that we as a society are just really behind the eight ball here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the court system's messed up. The expectation of step parents is really messed up. And it's really eye-opening the number of people who are in that situation. Yeah. It's almost everybody. And, you know, it's like I said, I will tell you the family court system sucks. Even though I have won every time I have had to go to court. Mm-hmm. It still sucks. And yep. it's still a racket. It sure is. One of the issues we had, we went to mediation. So the rules were set out in mediation. Well, when the time came to institute those rules, he didn't like them. So he kept fighting them. And I asked my attorney, in not so nice words, what was the point of mediation? Right? Don't you have to pay the mediator per hour? And the attorney. 
But so between the three, they're making a thousand twelve hundred bucks an hour. Wow! I mean, everything should have been to the T. Yeah. But what happened was there the wording in there, and y'all, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a class on how to make sure your court papers don't have these <laughs> loopholes because in there it said once his dad regained employment, a supplemental order would be drawn up and submitted. That little tiny wording gave Jackson's dad leeway to fight what was agreed in mediation. Because it wasn't like it wasn't worded to where we could enforce it as contempt. Gotcha. Yeah. Just gave him enough. Yep. Just those simple words, supplemental order. And I asked my attorney, I said, why would you even put that in there? And you know what he told me? Is it standard? Job security. Gosh. That's awful. It is. But you know what? He was honest with me. And I said, I said, well, I feel like that was pretty crappy of you because my impression was mediation. This is what we agreed on. This is the way it is. Black and white, this is what's going to happen. Right. And I said, so you and I need to talk because I'm not paying you for those extra hours. For you. Yep. It's crazy. It, it, it's a racket. I'm telling you. It is. And you've got where the attorneys go back and forth and they just, they're probably having lunch together, having a jolly good time. And they're going to charge you for discussing yeah. your case for two seconds. Yep. It just makes me sick. Yes, it does. It's awful. And I know it makes you sick that she got, how, how in the world did they let her out of that? Uh, all we got was just one letter. I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And it irks me so bad when the kids are like, dad, I need this. I want this. Can I have braces? Can I have this? And I just have to bite my tongue not to say anything about their deadbeat mom. Yep. Like, you know, call your mom. Ask her for something for once in her life. Maybe she could contribute. Yep. Well, honey, you know what? I've learned that dead parents can still be present in the kids' lives. And for instance, braces come up and their response is, oh, no, their teeth are fine. No, they're not. They have a tooth coming out their nose. You need to get their teeth fixed. But then is the other parent going to fully pay it? You can't. Most of the time you can't. Most people don't have six grand laying around. No, the pain times ten. Yes, times 10. yeah, and times five for us. Yeah, and, and you know they're a little bit crooked, but he, nothing like what you're talking about come out the nose or whatever. And um, like, okay, so do you want Christmas from now until the time you leave the house, or do you <laughs> want to have braces? I know yeah. you feel bad saying that. Like, do you want to eat this year, or do you want to have braces? Mm-hmm. And I was kidding about the you know, tooth coming out the nose, but still. Well, some, some kids legit need them. Yes. Or yes. wisdom teeth pulled or whatever. I mean, these kids are fortunate enough that they are a little bit crooked. Like they're not going to, nobody's going to call them a snaggle tooth or anything like that. Right. Yeah. That is just, I feel so bad for those, your stepkids. Yes. Now you made a comment earlier that they don't really talk to you much. Yeah. 
So do you have any interaction with them, the ones that are still at home? Yes. You know, since I've been nachoing, probably like when they come in or they come out, they usually say hi or they say bye. And if I knew something was happening, like um, they had a soccer game that night, I might say good luck or the next day I might say, how did it go? And typically those types of interactions are pretty good. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you completely ignore them. No, no. It's not like I'm like, hey, let's go out for a snack. No. Mm -hmm. And I've told my husband and them a hundred times, like, if you want to ride somewhere, you can ask me 24 hours in in advance. And I've never once been asked for a ride since then, since I put that policy in place. And that is not an unreasonable request. No. I'm one of those people that like literally every minute of my life has to be scheduled and I have to know what it is just for like a security thing. Mm -hmm. So if it's like, I need you to do this. I'm like, I just don't know how I'm going to fit that in. I am so glad I found somebody else like that because I'm like that. My husband's a complete opposite. Like he can just fly by the seat of his pants and I'm like, okay, what are we doing in 2023? Yeah. Yeah. Well, David's mom is, notorious that she'll say something about Thanksgiving dinner and everybody mm-hmm. will say what time uh, around 12 or one <laughs> like no give me a specific time right you don't want to come later especially if you're bringing food no yeah at eight o'clock at night my husband well now it's almost nine o'clock at night but by the time he gets home because he still works in car sales and then the kids I've been sitting here all day long And the kids will be like, I need toothpaste before I go to sleep, dad. (laughs) Okay. Well, maybe you could have texted me like five hours ago and I could have picked it up on my way home. You know, everybody laughs at me and it may be because I worked with inventory for so long. So I use what's frequently called the Kanban system. When Mm -hmm. you grab the last toothpaste to use it, you get a new one. I'm the same way. And I never worked in that kind of an environment. Yeah, but you just don't ever run out of things that way. Right. Same thing with cereal. When you open that box of Fruit Loops, I'm ordering another one. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's how I operate as well. I stopped doing groceries long ago. Long, long ago. I would get all these groceries and nobody would eat a thing. Oh, what gets me is when they love something. Oh, we love those strawberry Mm -hmm. toaster strudels. And so you get four boxes because there's so many kids. Mm Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the same day, none of them like them anymore. Yeah. Or just because you bought them, they suck. Uh I bought everybody, I think it was like a year and a half ago, these really nice pillows made out of like the memory foam. Like they weren't Tempur-Pedic or anything like that, but they were from Sam's Club and I got everybody a box of two of them. Uh Nope. Not a single person used them. Wow. They're all in my camper. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you don't have to worry about buying pillows ever again. That's right. Mm-hmm. So what would you say now where you are in your blend, mm-hmm. the best advice you could have given yourself back in the day? You don't know what you're getting into, really. You just don't know. Yep. People always say, oh, but you knew. You knew this. You knew that. You knew there were that many kids. I don't know how they were going to act. Right. And even if they don't act badly, it's, oh my gosh, you didn't know 
that the kid was going to come to you at nine o'clock at night and eat toothpaste every week. Right. Or you didn't know that the stepkid was going to bash you to buy a mom and she was going to have the cops come out here for welfare checks all the time. Oof. I mean, no, you didn't know. (laughs) If if somebody would have told me that this is how it would be, I would not have believed them. And, you know, like I said earlier, it is, it is kind of sad. Like I don't have any bio kids. I would love to have a closer relationship, but it's just not, you know, there's so much pain and there's so much hurt, not only from stuff I did, but from stuff bio mom has done and obviously not done. And even stuff that dad, like he's, he's a great dad, but like I said, you cannot split your parenting time divide by 10 and there's only mom for three of them. Yeah. Does not work that way. One thing before we wrap up and I'll let you go. Uh-huh. But she wanted two of the kids out of the seven. Yeah. Yes. So were they like her favorites? I guess she wanted the oldest and the second oldest or not second oldest, the third oldest. So the oldest and then not the second son, but then the third son and then none of the other ones. I hope to God those kids never find that out. Yeah. I don't know if they, I don't know if they know that. That's a good point. You'll have to ask my husband. <laughs> I hope they don't. If they do, then your husband needs to make sure they know it's not because of them. No, it's certainly not because of them. Yeah. Well, Paula, I will talk to you forever because I know you got a bunch of stories <laughs> about all those kids. <laughs> you'll have to talk to my husband. I'm sure you'll hear a completely different side. And he is so much better at telling stories than I am. Like literally he could talk to you for two hours and you would not get bored. Well, I haven't been bored talking to you. (laughs) I can't wait to talk to him though. And here's the thing. We expect the story to be different because it's a different perspective. Right. And it's not that yours is wrong or that you're lying. It's just a different perspective. Well, definitely for sure. And if you took one of the kids, you would get a different story. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I really have to say, I love hearing from your stepkids. I just watched in the Academy, the one I think is Branson's on. Yeah. That was really good. And when he said that you were his best friend, that's so cool. I know. I almost cried. It was really nice. And I didn't tell him to say that or pay him or anything. (laughs) (laughs) I know we had um, some people that we were talking to in the Academy and Avery walks by and he says, the only one you need to worry about listening to is mine. (laughs) Oh, no. Did you interview him? Yeah, we interviewed Avery. He was the one I was most concerned with because he and I didn't have a really good relationship. He's He's, the oldest. Yes, he's the oldest. He's very distant. But it was a really good podcast. I think I listened to it. That's the one with the old lady with the ham sandwich. Yes, 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 yes. So we've had Ethan uh-huh. and Branson and Avery. And is Avery the one with the pregnant wife? Yes. Okay. So you will technically be the old lady with the ham sandwich if he follows through. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how a kid's going to say that though. It'll probably just be old lady. <laughs> Could be. Well, if you get to pick, it's very fun to have a grandma name. Cause you know what? Like nobody in my life has ever called me mom. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's cool. Yeah. Well, I'm sure some kind of nickname will come up. I remember my mom wanted my niece to call her something. And 
I can't remember what it was. I think it was Gammy. Yeah, <laughs> Gammy. And I remember my niece laying in her crib and she was going, Gammy, no. And she just says, <laughs> Mommy, no. And then she goes, Mammy, Mammy. And my mama hated that name. <laughs> so I, I just loved it even more because I'm like, ah, that's hilarious. <laughs> That's funny. We got to choose and the names, they stuck. Her other grandparents chose like, you know, like the more like hipper names. And, you know, I'm 40, so I'm not really that old to be a grandma. And I picked, you know, Grammy because that's what I used to call my grandmother. Yeah. I don't want to be granny or mama. (laughs) So what are the hipper grandparent names? Like Mima or Nana or, you know, like the things that aren't necessarily grandma-y. Yeah. Now, I had a Nana growing up. Did you? Mm-hmm. My, my, my Nana was my Nana. <laughs> my mom's mom was Nana. Yep. Cool. That's a long story. That woman hated me. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do need to let you go or we will keep talking forever. It was really good talking to you. I look forward to hearing this and I will remind my husband tonight to sign up. He showed me the email. He's like, I got this email. I said, yes, you got to answer it. Yeah. He actually sent me a message and said he tried to schedule a time, but I didn't have November open yet. Oh. Yeah. So he's already scheduled. I saw it pop up. Oh, super. Yay. Good for him. Oh, you just plan like two hours if you have it because he will just tell you stories that will knock your socks off like you did not even know that it was humanly possible for that to happen (laughs) oh girl that'll be great because then I can break it up into two (laughs) you could yeah and you you know you don't often get the perspective from the guy and he like he can tell you the good the bad the ugly single dad stuff he can tell you step blending stuff he can tell you the ugly court system stuff and he can tell you what it's like to have a decent co-parent I don't think he and his first wife I, I would probably think they more parallel parented but she was she is a very good person and seems to be extremely involved in the kids lives even still you know and they're 40 through 33 so yeah well I mean she could come visit one day at Christmas and she's doing better than the other one absolutely well she actually has come to some stuff like we'll, we'll do some stuff with her she's a very nice person good that's so yes. important yeah yep all right Well, thank you again, Paula. Thanks, Lori. Yeah, have a good day. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'm excited to have her husband as a guest next week Mm -hmm. to get his views on things. David, you know what today is? Black Friday. You know, I've noticed that Walmart and some other stores are already starting their sales. I don't think they're doing it like they did pre-COVID. I think a lot of them started... A long time ago. I think they did this last year, you know, because of the whole COVID shopping thing and all that. And I, of course, carried it over this year. So, yeah, I've I've seen people already doing Black Friday stuff. Didn't Amazon Prime used to have two Prime Days? Mm, No, I don't think so. They just have one in, like, July. Well, they have Black Friday deals. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. 
Yeah, I, need to, called, I need to be shopping Amazon. It's called Cyber Monday. Oh, so don't shop on Amazon on Friday. Wait till Monday. Yeah. Yeah, they'll have a bunch of deals running Monday, which I'm sure they probably got deals on Friday too. But yeah, Cyber Monday is when you're supposed to do all your online shopping. It's all so confusing. I know. So and just, don't you hate it when you buy something and then three days later you find it on sale? Yeah. Like, dang it. I, I do hate it when you do that. Not me. You. <laughs> me? Hey, I shop very well. Thank you. Oh, you do. You shop very well. I do. You're a all professional. Right. <laughs> We're just trying to cut this off for her. We talk about your shopping habits. Yep, it's time to go, folks. Mm-hmm. If you haven't gotten your Christmas shopping done, work on that. Have fun with the Black Friday deals and the Cyber Monday deals, and hopefully you can get everything taken care of. Yep, and we'll be here when it all hits the fan. <laughs> all right, we'll see you next week, folks. Be sure to join us and remember that life is good when you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.